Welcome back to season four of the Salt and Shadows podcast. Trace the salt, embrace the shadow. This season, we will be focusing on the topic of discerning your spirit. We're bringing back our original format and we'll be discussing topics that have come up in our own observations, like how to know who to trust, when not to trust, how to tell the difference, and how to ensure you are protected and supported. We hope you will find guidance, food for thought, and relatable laughter in our episodes as we gather to begin another safe passage into discovering the unique creature you are. Hello, we are back. This is really exciting. We are so excited to do this episode. Seriously so ecstatic for this series that we're doing on spiritual discernment, starting with the Teal Swan TV show, The Deep End. But before... Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we're just really excited for this because we've been talking about it for months. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So many months. Even though our first episode about it came out last month. Um... But we always start with an icebreaker, and it was my turn to look it up. And so I have something silly and simple that I'm going to ask you about. Okay. Is there a certain celebrity that you get have gotten mistaken for or that people tell you you look like? <laughs> Eye roll, tongue out. Oh, damn. Gross. Don't you already know this? Oh, my God. Gross. <laughs> What? It's not gross. <laughs> Wait, I... Sorry, that's the Aquarius in me talking. <laughs> Ew, gross. What? I have... Okay. 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 The okay. last few years, I get Adele. Okay. We didn't already do this question, did we? I don't know. But this is a thing. Okay. So I get Adele. 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 I could see it. I could so see it. Cool. So, oh. Um, are you okay with that? Well, <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. I've just always been such a, like... I'm an individual, okay? I am not another person, and I've been that way since I was a teenager. Sure. But I've also gotten, like, every redhead ever that mm. existed, too, because I'm a redhead. So I also got Kate Winslet in the Titanic. Okay. Um, Julianne Moore. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of... Gosh. I can't think of, of others right now. Uh, Florence and the Machine? No. Oh, okay. I've never gotten her. Oh, okay. She's a redhead, right? She's a redhead. I don't think people. I don't know. It's not as for sure. I was just because one she's out. a musician. People don't see her as visibly, maybe because she's not in like movies and TV and stuff. I don't know. Okay. Um, but she's also incredibly tall. And in, oh, really? Yeah, she's tall and uh, very wafy. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I get the. I think the Kate Winslet. In Titanic, I saw that a lot more than I see Julianne Moore or Adele for myself, but that's fine, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what I've gotten. How tall are you? How tall am I? I am 5'3". Five 5'3", three. Five three. okay, because I just had to look up Florence, Flo, uh-huh. and she's 5'9". Yeah. Which is one inch taller than me. Mm-hmm. But compared to 5'3". Yes. Yeah. Significantly taller. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and looks a lot taller, you know, when they're on stage. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have gotten flow a few times. I just oh. had to relook her up. And I think it's oh, wow. the really? fringe. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, the bang thing. Yeah. 100. Um, And then 
surprisingly, what I've gotten is Julia Styles, especially when I didn't have a fringe. I think it's the forehead situation. I think I can see that too. I can. Can you? Yeah. I met Julia Styles. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. At the co-op. Yeah. She came through my line when I was a cashier at the co-op and nobody around me recognized her and I was just like, yeah, I know it's you. <laughs> and then I, I looked it up after she left and she was, it was her, but um, yeah, that was really cool. And I can see that. I can see that with you too. Like there's <laughs> the face the frame of your face I can see it okay yeah for sure I watched her a lot so I'm gonna sidestep one silly story okay. real quick I just remind what you just said I I don't know it just reminded me of this silly TikTok I saw of this like guy that like walked up to a girl on uh in New York or something mm-hmm. and she looked a lot like Taylor Swift and he was like oh my god Taylor like and I don't know if his friend was recording because they thought it was Taylor and she was like oh no like no no that you could me. tell that it happened to her a lot but he just like started crying and she gave him a big hug and was Aww. like okay <laughs> yeah but yeah so interesting the just there's a, definitely the aspect of like we're each individual people but like also we yeah. there are so many lookalike situations in the world that are so bizarre yeah for sure and we're always looking for ways to like compare each other mm. and different well, things. And so bred into our culture. Definitely. Definitely. <sighs> okay. But yeah, that's interesting. So today you are hearing from Julia Stiles and Adele. <gasps> Here we are. <laughs> Surprise. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I claim Adele or Kate Winslet. I kind of I'm I favor Kate Winslet because she was I don't know, I, I liked her acting a lot so mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I don't know her like super well but I did love the Titanic <laughs> oh my gosh are you ready oh man that was a really interesting question to open this up with because it totally distracted me <laughs> I know well and that's usually what our uh yeah it breaks us out of our like yeah, the, mold the of, icebreaker yeah. like hold on let's just have something random Gosh, it's like it does what it's supposed to. Okay. Okay. But I'm ready. Like, I'm so excited and ready. I know. (laughs) Hands shaking. I know. I've even got, like, my laptop open with, like, different articles and everything. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. Shall I'm going to – I'm kind of feeling called to – the first note I have is, like, about the opening of the first episode. We have decided we're going to do this episode by episode – and please feel free to watch along with us. We would yes, love that. We really would love that. And just again, a reminder that we have a form. The link is in the show notes that you can fill out and give us your thoughts and feedback about this as well. Or if you watch an episode and come up with have your own question about it, like we really want you to be a part of this conversation with us. <laughs> it would just be so fun. So please feel free to fill that out and let us know. It's just our, is it our studio feedback form, I believe? Yes. And also, before we get started, we just want to make a note that this is something that's super important to us, this topic of spiritual discernment. And we really wanted to have actual models of what it is that we are speaking about so that we can show you 
what it is that we're trying to encourage and develop within people in their spiritual worlds and in their spiritual choices and how we are trying to frame that differently than how these structures have worked before with um, with spiritual leaders and having their followers. And so that's why we're having these conversations because we have we have witnessed and recognized within our own experiences so many um, not good examples of what this can look like and how this can actually, um, for lack of a better word, stumble people in their journeys of seeking truth and we growth just, and healing. All of that. Yeah, absolutely. And so we feel it's really important to have these conversations and to put it on the table of, of what we feel is actually helpful and what is um, just coming from a place of ego. Yes, and also I think that we feel very passionate about bringing this forward. I mean, it's obviously the mission behind Salt and Shadow Studio and our work together, but it, we really do, I really believe, I think I can speak on behalf of both of us, that we are living in a world these days where this is shifting. Like, we now have the language, the knowledge, the know-how, and we're saying, hey, like, this shit isn't working, and, like, this is how it needs to be different, and I really think first being able to discern within like the paradox and what do I mean by that I just cancel culture is so alive right now right and I don't necessarily believe in just canceling people out but like really learning to discern like you know what what works for me and what doesn't and also like not putting people on such high pedestals we're going to get into all of this but and then with that, learning how to discern and ask better questions and seeking true connection and better healing, like I believe that there will be new and better, safer communities coming alive within that space. And we hope to like we are we consider ourselves one of those communities as well. Yes, absolutely. And something that is is going to be um, consistent through these is recognizing that a lot of people can hold a platform a lot of people can have a structure that they will show the public when in reality what's going on behind the scenes looks incredibly different and does not align with that what is actually being shown to the public and that is part of what we are trying to encourage as well in so many aspects is to go deeper with these things to ask questions and to really get to know what it is that you are following before taking things on and choosing it for yourself and i even hear i've been in like even in that statement i hear like i've been involved with some organizations where you know they get new management or they're trying to like just be a different way like rebranding or whatever and i've heard these new managers say like i've never worked with a company that wants to be so transparent like other people are not like transparency like this doesn't exist in our yeah. capitalistic culture and so that's shifting and I love that we're yes. being a part of that and I, I just want to be clear we're not saying that like everybody needs to air their dirty laundry and you need like everybody deserves privacy and they deserve like you know sure exactly we, sh we should still be able to hold personal boundaries of course but also within those personal boundaries those boundaries should not be going against what it is that we are like 
preaching to be doing or exactly. the, stating to be doing. The values need to align need to align period whether that's yes. to the public or in your personal space and if there's a disconnect of the values yes. there like that's where the problem is. Yes. And that's what I have witnessed and I know you've experienced too time and time again is that you get these people that are just saying these things to the public and then you, they and then their inner circle witness and hear things that would never be said. Exactly. You would never say that to somebody like Right. That is, does absolutely, yeah. So anyway, let's just dive into it. <laughs> let's dive into the deep end. Diving in. Woo! So. Here we are. My first note says that the first, okay, hold on, sorry. There's some content warning here. Uh, there will be talk about death. We will be talking about suicide. That is something that Teal Swan talked quite a bit about. Um. And yeah, just just take it, take all of this with a grain of salt. Um, and if for any reason, yeah, take care of yourself as you need to. That is that is our warning for the this as we're diving into this because this can be so triggering too, especially when we've had such experiences that shake us up. Yeah, absolutely. And if that is something that you're not in a place right now where where you feel you can really hold that for yourself we totally understand that and Absolutely. yet at the same time we also want to challenge you to show up if if you feel you can in a way that will help you to open up to new understandings of things and to be able to better navigate these types of situations or groups that you may um, befriend or be interested in so it's a lot of being able to hold both, being able yes. to hold the discomfort and be able to hold the truth. And um, that's essentially always where we're coming from in these conversations is just making sure that you have the proper tools and that you feel that this is a space where you can air out those thoughts without judgment or controversy. Yeah, so... If you are feeling capable and able to be present, we encourage you to, again, write, like pause, journal while you're listening, write down questions, fill out our form and bring some of this information and conversation to us. We are open to it. And also, send us a whole gosh darn email. Oh my gosh. With all your thoughts, because we love it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you feel called to. The form, though, I'm going to encourage people to fill mm, out the form yes. so that it's all in one spot. You can email. We prefer you if you fill, filled out the form. Pretty please. Because <sighs> we're professionals. So as we are, as you open into this first episode with Teal Swan, she is on stage. I think that's how it opens. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, wait. But the, at the beginning of the episode, she is... Um, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm just stumbling over my own words. There's a point where she's on stage, she's talking about... Yeah, it kind of mixes in a little bit. Yeah, it does. A few different things in the very beginning. Thank you. (laughs) It does does show her right away welcoming an audience and about to speak. Yes, thank you. And so my first note says that the first talk of suicide is on stage interviews and that she does say a relatable statement. And it says, none of us get out of this alive, so decide what you're here for, basically. I've paraphrased that. 
And so this is, let's just start with this. This is what's one interesting thing about Teal, especially, is that she says things that are that are really good and are really true. Like, I would absolutely agree with that statement. Like, you need to, you, like, under, what are you living for? We need to have, like, this bigger purpose and idea about ourselves. And none of us do get out of this alive. That is absolutely, absolutely something my Zen master even tells me, you know? But it's as we trickle down and we watch further in the episode, we see how some of these things that she is sharing is becomes more and more problematic. Well, and you really have to consider the context Uh in these conversations as well. When you just meet somebody, it's important to get certain things clear between you. But it's also, to me, a very drastic step to to bring that the way that she says it Mm. to the stage of we don't get out of here alive of course however if this is a person who is already on the verge of considering not being alive which some people are tricky. that watch her content. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there are, this is where like the controversy of Teal Swan comes in, is that there are now a lot of people in the world that believe that people they know have committed suicide on behalf of her encouragement because she more or less believes that suicide is like a reset button for reincarnation. And if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. And it's like, okay, <laughs> on a very, like on one hand, on I'm, you know, and I'm always playing both sides because I can really see it. On one hand, okay, sure, sure. If you really don't want to be here, like I would love to be able to, like I'm somebody that would be like, I want to support you in that decision. But also like there's so many steps before that. Like hold on, like let's look at what's going on and like where do you need more connection and support in your life and like how are you not getting it and what has happened in your life that like is portraying the reality that you don't want to be here at this time like can we just look at that a little more before making this decision yeah like initially i remember in one conversation you know and this is going to happen this is another reason why it's so important that we actually have an understanding of the needs of people that are coming to us if we choose to be leaders of spirit we need to understand that people so much of the time are looking towards us when they're in their most desperate moments yeah very so when they're coming to us in their most desperate moments telling us of their desperation and teal's first thing that she says is why are you still here that feels problematic to me. I feel that there needs to be steps before you initially get to that point of the conversation so that it's not framed in a way of just initially, why haven't you ended your life yet? Right. That is a really sensitive thing to say to somebody who is already in a place of need and i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'll say that like general making a big general statement 
perhaps for the majority of people that would shake them up and say, oh, like, yeah, like, what am I living for? I, I do want to live. I am here, you know? She knows what to say to actually get a, re like, she knows what to say to flip a switch, but that doesn't always mean safety. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And so that's, yeah, kind of what I was going to say. Let me think. I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Yeah. Is that I think general, general statement that most people would kind of get shook up, woke up and realize I do want to be here with that statement. But the way that Teal goes about her work is that she's not saving everyone. Like, there are people that are going to fall through the cracks. And then I guess her perspective is, okay, so what? Like, those people didn't want to be here. It doesn't fucking matter. It's like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> okay, so we'll go deeper into the perpetuating of harm as we continue on with this series and even this episode. But I'm going to jump to the next point. Does that sound okay? Totally. So this is my next note. When a student asks a very respectful question, so this is like a little further into the episode, we're looking at the retreats that she holds and she's had like a group of people come out and she's talking to them about like, if you're here, you're here and you're basically going to do whatever I say. Like, you, like, you know, there's no like questioning me and like all of this kind of stuff like this is deep work this is deep healing a lot of uncomfortable stuff is going to happen which again I can I I've experienced that I've been in communities like that I can understand all of that but then a student asks a very respectful question even using that word and he says who in your circle would you respect enough to hold you accountable? This is such a beautiful so question. Absolutely. I'm going like, to read it again. Who yeah. in your circle would you respect enough to hold you accountable? Mm -hmm. That that was beautifully oh. worded. It couldn't have been said any more respectfully. Yes. Yes. And she immediately turned it around on him Asked him where this resistance is coming from and where this re argument, she pinned it on him as an argument, was coming from. And yeah, she said, where is this resistance and argument really coming from? And then she goes on to say, you wouldn't say that to the Dalai Lama, would you? Like, you wouldn't. Say then she, she was talking about, like, being the fastest runner alive. And so I know we both have so much to say on this. <laughs> We've talked about it a lot. I'll just interject real quick with the Dalai Lama situation, especially yeah. being a Zen student, right? Like the Dalai Lama comes from a lineage of people. This is a tradition that's been handed down to him. Like, yeah, he may have been born into it, but like there are so many teachers and supporters around him. That is not what Teal has at all. Mm -mm. No, in fact, within that same conversation, she states that she does not need a teacher, that she is above teaching. Right. Which is the biggest red flag. If we could really, like... Like, that's, like, sound the alarm. Like, <laughs> and then I go on to wonder... Like, can you imagine asking such a respectful question and feeling like, you know, you've traveled all of this way. You've invested all of this time with Teal. You're now in like this private retreat with maybe 30 other people. That you've she's, spent a lot of money on to be able to access. And she's right there in front of mm -hmm. you. You ask this beautiful question. 
but you're not validated in it whatsoever. I can only imagine that it completely shut him down. And I and like for so many reasons, but I would imagine that that made him feel very unsafe, whether consciously exactly. or unconsciously. Okay. And I'm projecting, I'd say like, if that was me, that's how I know that it would shut me down. I would not be conscious of myself shutting down and that I would unconsciously feel unsafe in that moment. And then what does that do? You go on for the rest of the weekend, like you just being like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm here. I already paid. I'm surrounded by other people. I'm just going to continue to do the work. If you cannot establish safety with a person you are learning from, you cannot root into your spiritual practice in a way that is going to sustain you and be healthy. If you cannot form safety through your values with this person, it's very easy to see. We don't have to, I believe, know what he was feeling. We basically witnessed it in, in a room of, of strangers that you are paying to be a part of mm-hmm. and really choosing to trust somebody with your time and your information. Mm. And then you can't even ask them a question that is just like that that right there alone should have been this is not a leader this is just somebody that wants to lead yes oh my god diana just i have chills like you just said that so beautifully absolutely and i was especially especially i just also want to say yeah the way that the the question was reframed and sent back to him mm-hmm. I witnessed many times throughout the entire series whenever something would be brought up she would reword it reframe it in a way that felt malicious oh, yeah. and then send it back to the person questioning yeah. in a way that because that wasn't even their intention and she had already framed it that way made them look like they were trying to be malicious yeah and then they can't even continue their conversation because that wasn't the intent to even begin with right which is manipulation and then also (laughs) when you're in a group setting all of the rest of the people feel they also have to step in line and see it from that perspective if they're going to continue forward exactly because she literally has said like she says in all of the all of her work and this very many times throughout this docu-series, you're either with me or against me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I am... And that's another red flag right there, my friends. Yes. When they give you and these I'm, all or nothing. I don't think that Teal... I'll just say, like, like when I say manip- that's manipulation, I don't think that she is consciously being manipulative. I don't think that she, like, really feels that that's what she's doing. I don't feel that there is an awareness of her behavior. I feel that these are all patterns that right. she has not healed. And yeah. we're going to get a lot deeper into those things too, obviously. Yeah. But in that situation, I do feel that these are things that she keeps protected and behind the scenes. Right. So when it does come to the front of the scenes, she doesn't have a good response because she hasn't healed those parts of herself and she is not willing to open up the part of her life to teachers in order to learn how to heal those parts so she's not aware she's still speaking from a space that isn't healed and 
though she has had situations that have taught her how to survive in so many ways and she really had to form understandings of things to get through what she went through right it gives her an understanding of things that that may be advanced compared to what others have experienced and yet there are still many things behind the scenes that are not healed that are still speaking for her absolutely Hey everyone, it's Diana. I am interrupting this episode to share with you our new online community on Patreon, the Salt and Shadows Coven. With three tiers to choose from, some of the perks of joining include peeks behind the scenes into our personal practice, our moon circle altar creations, and also being included on our close friends list on social media. We will be teaching classes, including Creature Calibration Circle with Courtney and Safe Passage Through the Zodiac with me. And we will work together through our Wheel of the Year celebrations and a book club. We have a link in the show notes for all the information, or you can go to patreon.com slash saltshadowscoven. We can't wait to see you there. Now back to the episode. So she goes on to describe her childhood, basically saying that she was born with mediumship gifts, or perhaps along those lines, the clairvoyance. Extrasensory abilities. Yes, yes. And that she witnessed her community pulling away from her. And so this brings up two specific questions for me. One is, why not pursue somebody that ha- that also has those guests and can teach gifts? I meant to say gifts. So why not pursue somebody that also has these gifts and that can teach you that you're not alone? That's like, you know, when you say that you don't have a teacher, you can't have a teacher, like, I'm unique, I have these gifts, like, (laughs) babe, like, you're... Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, I also think that came out of her trauma. You know, her, her family pushed against her, pushed away from her, and then when somebody actually did show interest in her gifts it was somebody that was incredibly abusive and um basically kidnapped her and did right. all kinds of things and, and experimental type of things with her and um caused so much trauma in her life and so i could see how that could be a a part of her life that is still speaking mm. that even when there was somebody that that supposedly came into her life and said that they wanted to teach her how to use her gifts she was just a child yeah she i think she said she was six years old when that first yeah happened very young but at the same time that still feels like the experience that is speaking for her yeah so the second question goes into that is that it sounds like she was raised like, because she talks about her family being very religious. Doesn't she mention that? I feel like she did, but she didn't say specifically what kind no, of religion. No, she didn't. Yeah. But it sounds like that she was raised in a religious <laughs> community. And so I can imagine when she's saying that she saw all of those therapists and that her community, like, saw... Hold on, let me just read my note here. Yeah, that her community was pulling away from her and all of this stuff... Is that I think something that is wasn't mentioned in the episode that makes me think that I know you have experience with is that when you 
grow up and are born into like a very religious and strict households like that is the community you're surrounded by those therapists would have all been church related to that religion yeah when you're a child you don't know what your options are right and if you're involved with a strict religion like your only options are going to be within that community like Mormonism, I, I speak from yep. my own family, you know, everybody, all of the study groups, the business groups, every single, yep. everything they do, it's, they're all within the Mormon community. Right. And if that structure of the community doesn't believe in these gifts that, mm-hmm. you know, then, then or denies the, them. Right. Or then most of the time fears them. Ex- exactly. Yes. And she even says that yes. too. So that's, I think that's a really big point that isn't necessarily mentioned in the docuseries is that because on one hand you hear oh well I went to all these therapists and doctors and my community completely pulled away from me and that my question becomes like what what type of community and are you living in or surrounded by and that just doesn't really that just wasn't really addressed it was just a question that came up yeah yeah And so, yeah, just to, like, reiterate how isolating those community structures can be because they don't really truly accept a person or allow a person to explore themselves. Yeah, absolutely. She herself has has not learned how to walk through her pain in a safe way. If you don't, if you don't trust others, right, you're not going to find places of healing because you won't be able to find the support you need to witness you as you are actually processing what you need to process to heal from these wounds. So she's asking her students, her followers to do the work that she herself has not even done. Right. Um, And when that happens, you risk hurting people. Yeah, big time. And if anything, that's already happening, especially with with the context of life and death and beliefs in that way as well. I mean, there's already people hurting. So, yeah. Yeah, well, the trust. The trust is such a big thing, and she brings it up constantly. And there's also some... What is it called? Opposing, opposing, conflicting things that she herself even says. Because one of her biggest things that she was telling Blake about this Juliana person coming as his girlfriend to come and be in their inner circle. She was like, it takes, I think they were in the hot tub when she was talking about this. But she was like, it takes me such a long time to build trust with people. And... Like, you just want this girl to come in, blah, blah, blah. But before that, she had mentioned, oh, I've had 12 to 13 relationships and five marriages. And she's not very old. So where was the time needed for the deep trust in that? I think that she believes that her discernment of people is superior to anybody else's. Yeah, especially when it comes to her life. Like, Absolutely. She she knows what it feels like to not be able to trust and she knows feeling unsafe, so she is the only one that she will allow to make choices for herself. Right. Because she hasn't learned and experienced trust or safety. Um and that is 
a very essential part of being able to support people when they're going through traumatic transitions like they are when they seek her out. Right. And so because she cannot speak from that place, there's information missing. There are tools missing. Mm -hmm. And people are not getting the whole aspect of what it looks like to be able to walk through this and actually see the other side of things. They're just getting hit with the process, um, Mm. which is even brought up in the series itself um she she has a follower that will actually that actually speaks up against her and is like oh yeah i'm really sick of the process i'm really sick of the constant work 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 but also where's the other side of it where's the other side of that work right um and that doesn't get hit with um listening ears as well right um and it's essential you need to be able to answer these types of questions for people if you're putting yourself out there as someone who has information to help them through these situations. So, yeah. But you also need to be holding yourself to the, I'd say, to the same standards. You know, you can't just say, like, it takes me a long time to trust other people, but, oh, if I fall in love with somebody and I, like, right away and I trust them, like, it's different because... I my trust is superior to anyone else's. It's like, hold on, mm-hmm. no. Like, anybody's going to say that about themselves because we are the main character of our own story. Right. Every single person is. Mm-hmm. So, in the hot tub still, they're talking, mm-hmm. and she one of her biggest queries is about this Juliana person coming to see Blake is, yeah, not trusting people, and she says that, like, anybody that, would, that, co- that comes in contact with us would immediately have a huge platform. Which I think is really funny because that true that that also is not a true statement because she would shut them down and deny them immediately and no one would give a fuck. And it's an immediate framework that she's putting it under that somebody is coming in to take advantage of her. Right. That and that's their and that's biggest very, intention. Is and to that's take very telling that that's her that's her lens too. Yeah. I mean, of course, have discernment, have boundaries. Like, sure, sure, absolutely. Not saying that you shouldn't have that at all, but it's just really telling that that's, like, her number one argument is, oh, she's going to be close to me and yeah, tell other people and then gain her own platform and, like, I don't, yeah, just, fast, just a fascinating fear. Um... So, yeah, when Juliana comes on, the first thing that she opens with is that it's hard to find connection in today's world. And that was really what kind of lured her into Teal's work at first. Juliana said that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I would agree with that statement. I think that it is challenging to find a true connection in today's world, to actually feel seen and to feel heard and to find somebody that wants to actually talk about these challenging things. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you feel like you're finally getting that and you go down this rabbit hole of just all of Teal's work and then you maybe go to a couple like a couple of speeches and eventually through the retreats and yeah just the deeper layers that you find yourself it's just a slippery slope yeah absolutely and something that is is very I don't know if you felt this way um, but something that I really felt 
by Teal's approach is that she feels very entitled mm. to tell people what it is that they're thinking and feeling. Yes. Even though she doesn't know them, she tells them right. exactly what they're thinking and feeling and brings it all back to her extrasensory abilities and that she can sense it and she knows exactly what they're thinking and feeling. And that right there is going over the line. Yeah, even that is crossing the line of trust yeah. and agency. Yeah. Exactly, agency. Because even if you know, you like you. Even if it's true, yeah. If you're not speaking it, nobody else has the right to speak it for you. Right. That's your truth. Yeah. And even if she is sensing something, she doesn't have the right to speak it. For and you. she can help you uncover it for yourself, but she, she have, does yeah. not have the authority. She doesn't to have it. sympathy or empathy for <laughs> her followers when she approaches them. She just comes to this conclusion that she knows exactly what they're there for, what they think and already believe, and that she knows the answer to it. And she will say exactly what she thinks that answer is. She doesn't ask questions. Right. And if those she does ask questions, they're questions that are very cornering questions. Questions that force you to make choices or decisions that you may not be ready for. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here, too. I'd be curious how... I, it reminds me that that, and I know we're getting in a little deeper here, but honestly, that mentality of not, that, that mentality specifically reminds me of my resistance to therapy mm-hmm. because therapists can see the bigger picture, right? And you're talking about these things and a lot of therapists in my experience are like, oh, well, that's because of this. And you're like, whoa, I was not ready to see, I was not ready to hear that. I was not ready to see that. Like, oh my God, they just plopped this down. And that was like why I was so deterred from therapy for so long until I finally worked with somebody that learned, that knew how to ask me these questions. Well, what, what do you think about this? Or like, it basically helped me, it's called motivational interviewing actually, but helped me learn get to the conclusion myself and have the realizations myself somebody that actually understands that it takes you processing the concept and all of the details with it to actually form those things that will yeah Yeah, form the connections and allow you to actually be able to form the neural pathways to get to those places and continue forward with those realizations instead of just telling you what it is and then you can't make the connection and you don't know what the next step is right yeah yeah or and or just telling you something that you're not quite ready to see or hear and it just like even if it is true as in therapy for example that's a safe space but it still fucks people up deeply sometimes Mm -hmm. you know like there's so much deep discernment that goes into this work and that is why we're so passionate about it because we believe that it can be like a, I, I want to use the word gentler, but just a different process that that helps people come into their own autonomy, that helps people come into their own realization. Like we all need a little push and we all need a little support, but we don't need somebody else being like, oh, well, this is this is how how you're feeling and why. Well, we really just need those that choose to take on this place of leadership we really need them to start understanding they don't have all the answers yeah and almost all of them believe they do yeah um and it needs to start being okay to not have the answers and to not be approaching people out of this place of ego and reverence for yourself for having experienced things and made it out the other side 
that can be beautiful and so helpful, but the approach needs to really align with what healing and trust and safety look like. Absolutely. And I think the best leaders and teachers will be able, will be able to say, I don't know, are the ones that can say, I don't know. Yeah. Like, let me look into that. Or like, I haven't heard of that. Or yeah, or yeah. not. Because there is no way ever in the human life to experience <laughs> every single thing a human can experience. And so there, there, of course, should be times where we are able to say, actually, I don't know. I have not had that experience. But right. we are so afraid of saying we don't know and then losing credit with people that right. it doesn't get said. Well, then there's this huge, at least from like the online coaching marketing world, that's the lens I'm going to take from this. Like I personally know that I was encouraged, like you have to be an expert. You have to put yourself out there and you, you speak as an authority and like really learning how to do that, which is like so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I think that it can be. And takes bravery and strength as well. And there's a both and about yes. it, you know, of course, like being able to say, like, speak your truth and know that you are a leader, but also it's like being able to say that you don't know everything and knowing how to stay in your wheelhouse and all of that, these little nitty grits rather than just like grabbing this like little yeah. thread of truth and being like, I know all the answers and I'm really good at marketing and I yeah. can persuade you with my words and basic psychology tricks. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's something also you and I strive for within what we would do. I yes. mean, even in this in this podcast, even on this topic, we're not experts, but we are speaking to you from a place of recognition and also from a place of experience of also being misled and being in situations where we have not felt safe and we have recognized that we have not been able to trust the people who were giving us information and that gives you just as much agency to be able to speak up against it. If you want to go further into healing from these things and and educating yourself on these things, we love to give you the resources for people that have the education to be able to give these things to you too because it's so important to not be the only voice that says they have answers. Right. Teal ends her episode by saying, and I was laughing with Diana, I was like, I rewound it so many times to find the to get the exact <laughs> quote. Same. She says, this career is where I live and die. I am trying to end the cycle of suffering like you're either in or you're out. You either understand this or you get off the ship. I'm going to carry it to the ends of the earth. So there are so many back and forth or like... um. There are opposing viewpoints in this single statement. So I just kind of want to point this out. So the first statement, incredibly beautiful. That's what Diana and I were saying. Like, this career is where I live and die. Great. I feel that way about my career, too. I am trying to end the cycle of suffering. Yes. Yes, that is what we are here for. That is what we want to do, too. Like, you're either in or you're out. Hold on. What? You either understand that I'm trying to end the cycle of suffering or you don't. You can do get off the ship. Hold on. (laughs) That in and of itself is perpetuating an all or nothing way of healing. 
And that is a really big mission and it is literally impossible because you will perpetuate harm through that lens and with that mindset. Absolutely. And just for context sake, and because this is my own personal experience, I off of that specific phrase, will you read it again? Yeah. This career is where I live and die. I'm trying to end the cycle of suffering. Like you're either in or you're out. You either understand this or you get off the ship. I'm going to carry it to the ends of the earth. This was a very, very similar outlook that my previous Christian pastor at Mars Hill had. He had a very aggressive attitude about his mission and what he wanted to do with the church and specifically was quoted saying, there's a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hill bus, laughs about it, and then says, by God's grace, it'll be a mountain of bodies by the time we're done. Oh my God. This is not safety, and this is not the work and teachings of somebody that wants the glory of God or healing or anything good for the people that it's serving. It only wants to see productivity, growth, aggressive takeover, uh, power, like you, like power, (laughs) power, fueling your own power. I mean, the big, the big three things that we've discussed on this podcast too, but for humans, especially to look out for that we're easily enticed by are money, power, and sex, right? Yes. And I mean, Teal's got a lot of that going for her, honestly, especially But the power, I see the power is really big for her. The power is very big. And what's really interesting is the factor that sex also comes into it as well, specifically with Teal. Right. Uh, When we get into, like, her relationships and with Blake and all of that, I do... Before we go down that rabbit hole, I have a... Or if we were going to go down that road... Um, I was just thinking, thinking like we know, I believe that it's scientific fact. I don't have studies in front of me or anything like that. But in general, we know that, yeah, you'll remember the way that somebody will make you feel and like good things, positive things are great, but negative things are just naturally so much bigger. Like if you have a bad experience, you're going to tell fucking everybody. You're going to leave bad reviews. Like, you know, you might leave a good review. You might take a few of your friends to like your favorite place. But in general, negative experiences are really big. They impact you a lot, a lot more deeply, I believe. They impact you deeper. The ripple effect is so much bigger. And so my question is, that if you believe that you're trying to end the cycle of suffering and fuck you if you're not with me, or for example, just go kill yourself if you don't want to be here, how is that not perpetuating more harm for for the ripple of other people within that realm? Yeah. And we are definitely going to get into this more within this episode, but we start to see later in the series just how much Teal encourages people to basically cut off their families and like and not like she is there's literally nothing about healing like the deeper generational ending cycles and and all of this like there's I just like truly 
don't believe that she's aligned in her mission in that way. Yeah, when you when you know what to look for, it's really interesting to start seeing those dynamics show through. But sometimes you don't always see them because a lot of these things that are said are said behind the scenes. Right. Because they will not say those types of remarks to the people they want to still have following them. Right. So much of what Mark Gristle said was not said on stage. Yeah. It was said to the inner circles of people working behind the scenes, following and helping him with his mission. Is that what did he where was that statement that he made? Was that like an behind in, the scenes? Yeah, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Mark- and there have been people that came forward um, about a lot of that and um, even recorded him. Yeah, yeah. So that's when it started coming out. That's why we're talking about transparency. This right. is not. This is not that you have to be a person of like complete pure standing to be able to lead and influence people. That is not what we're saying. What we're saying is your words need to align in public and behind closed doors and they need to not be harmful and you need to be open to hard some type yes hard conversations and some construction if that's needed because humans are all very different from each other and you cannot have one approach to every human being right yeah and anybody that has themselves up on a pedestal saying i am the teacher i am the leader i don't have anybody like it's just bullshit it's come like i don't have anybody above me i don't have anybody that i'm learning from like okay then i'm not gonna be here learning from you like yeah yeah. and we really need to be able to start finding our voice for these things oh my gosh even though people are in places of power does not mean they deserve to have it right and we need to start being able to recognize who does and who doesn't and be able to use our voice in those places and not just stay silent and that really, I mean, we won't necessarily go into white supremacy in this episode, but like that's such a big thing is like complacency. Absolutely. And just staying silent and literally not being able to use your voice. And I personally come from that. Like, and, and I haven't dug into it so deep yet into therapy, but I just know that I, like, I, that's like comes from like a freeze response within my nervous system that I can see things, but I literally can't speak up. Yeah, that's that's actually something I think is is very common, especially right. when it comes to religion, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are taught now to tolerate and respect different people's religious experiences and beliefs. And even though I think that that is really important to be able to do, no matter what the system is, if we are recognizing trauma and abuse coming from it, we need to start speaking up about it. Absolutely, because that's the things that need to start not being upheld by these institutions because they they have been covering trauma and abuse for way too long and that needs to stop. As far as what people believe, we have the utmost respect for those things and we believe it's oh, up to yeah. every individual to choose those things. Yes. But seeing how people are being overlooked and literally losing their ability to choose things for themselves in their lives, their lives are being chosen for them right. in these institutions. That is not okay, and we we want to speak out about those things yeah. because people need the ability to be able to know they have choices and that they have that freedom. Yes, absolutely. So in in conclusion with all of this, I would say 
that, yeah, like we're kind of tying it back to a good teacher, a leader. I believe that they probably, like everybody will be problematic in their own ways. We all have knowledge gaps. We all can't all know everything, you know? We are all human beings. And yes. that's that's kind of exactly what we're saying at the end of the day. Like, you can believe in whatever you want. There's a whole spectrum. We don't care what religion you come from. We don't care if you believe you're a starseed child from another universe. Like, whatever you because want. Because nothing is proven. <laughs> nothing is proven. Any religion. All religions have factors that are beautiful. But nothing is proven. Nobody actually has the answers to these things. Even okay. if you think you might. Yeah, I was going to say, some people really will probably think that they do have the answers. And it's I'm okay. For themselves, that's okay. I Yeah, I'm personally okay if you believe that you do have the answer. The problem comes with how you bring that conversation and interaction with the greater public. And how you are allowing other people to live their lives. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's okay, it's okay to believe what you believe, but you have to be, what we're really trying to create is the discernment to be able to agree to disagree. And to have, like, just celebrate our differences and, and also protect as much as possible. Yeah. So... It's okay to believe what you believe, but not to demand that everybody believes what you believe. Right. Yes. And so how do we begin to discern this? Like, what are some of the signs that you look for? So what is it in this question that we are discerning? Are we discerning if somebody is worth being followed? Or are we discerning if somebody is not showing up in the way that they should? Yeah, I guess I guess I kind of feel that is one in the same. Um but okay. just, yeah, just discerning, like, what are some of the signs that you might look for if you are starting to think that somebody is problematic or you're wondering if somebody that you enjoy or are following or is in a leadership position, like, if they are who they say they are. And just going, and I'm just leaving that question with what we have discussed here today, and I we can circle that back with just some of these red flags that we're seeing on Teal, like with Teal, saying that she doesn't have a teacher, giant red flag. She doesn't have anybody that she, that can call her out or hold her accountable, any of that, that those are big red flags. When somebody asks a respectful question, respectful or not, really, doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, it could be disrespectful. Yeah. I think that's, that's a huge part to me right from the beginning. Are they approachable and available? Yeah. Yeah. Can you ask them a question? Yeah. Without them getting defensive and turning it around on you. Exactly. The, the ability to ask a question says so much because when people come to you, they may not be in a very good frame of mind. Right. And they might not even be able to have the words to ask you a question respectfully right. yet because they, they may have came, come from a place that has been total chaos and pain. Mm-hmm. So if they can't even ask you a question, <laughs> cool, cool. That's just the fire truck going by. Um, if they can't approach you in a human way to communicate their needs, which to me, that question that he, he asked in that, in that context was something he needed to understand and know for himself mm-hmm. to be able to further 
his information from her. If somebody can't take that initial step and actually make a connection with you and be seen from you as well, that's a huge red flag right there. Yeah. If they're not available to you in any sense, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. Especially when you are... Like, you know, not one, not in all leaders can be available to everybody, of course, but specifically in that situation where that guy, like we have said, paid lots of money, I'm sure, to be in that private setting. Like, that was just yeah. completely inappropriate, in my opinion. Yeah, it was. It was. The whole setting of that situation was inappropriate, and I completely agree with you. Yes. If anything, it should have been taken into. I can see you want to go deeper with things and understanding things. Why don't we have a private conversation and I can help answer some of your questions for right, you. Right, right. Not in front of a, you know, a whole group or anything. Oh my God. That is what a true leader should be able to assess. Right. Yes. And so the, the next thing for discerning, I would say, is do they hold themselves to the same standards same yeah sure thank you same standards values yeah same standards or values that they that they expect everybody else to adhere by or do they somehow get the magical caveat of not having to adhere by that because they are more gifted gifted or more advanced in their studies it's like hold on Mm -hmm. hold on and that's something that i personally really love about zen is that, and I mean, oh, I'm not saying Zen is the end all, like, it has its own issues for no, sure. No, like, you can appreciate aspects of things. Yeah. Absolutely. But in general, it doesn't feel hierarchical. hierarchical. Like, we're all, <laughs> I can't say that word, but we're just all there existing the same, you know, and trying to just be with what is. And you get knocked down, actually, in Zen if you are trying to, if you have bigger aspirations for life of wanting to, like, be rich and famous or something like that. Yeah, you get knocked over the head real quick. But just really making sure that that goes back to what what Teal was saying with the trust, right? Like, I'll let somebody, like, I can't, it takes me so long to trust, but then she's had all of these different But relations. demanding trust immediately in return. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Not, a, not an equal. You cannot hold standards for others. You cannot also meet them with those same efforts. Right, right. Ooh, you can hold standards for others, but you can't meet them with those same efforts, right? Yeah. So let us know if you have any questions. Let us just go off. Go off in the comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feel free to post about this. We'd love it if you took a screenshot and tagged us on social media. If you feel so inspired and you want to create your own post and tag us, we'd love it. Yes. Um, and then that invitation again for the form link in the show notes to just click on that. And the form's going to say, like, how do you want to leave us feedback? Just write in there about how you want to be a part of this conversation and tell us your thoughts as far as the episode goes. We're going to be diving, no pun intended, we're going to (laughs) be diving into episode two next week. Not next week, but next episode. Next episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is. This is so much fun. (laughs) 
Before we go real quick, we just want to give a quick shout out. We had one new patron on Patreon joining us, Janice. We are so excited to have you here. Hi, Janice. And we did say farewell to Lee, who was with us for our first, some of our beginning months. And so we just wanted to say thank you so much for being here and we wish you well. Absolutely. It was so awesome to be able to share space with you while you were here. So wishing all of you listeners out there well, and we will connect soon. Thank you for tuning in. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. It means so much to us. You can sign up for our Full Moon newsletter, which is a free newsletter that gives you all the updates about the Salt and Shadow Studio and also some awesome information on that specific full moon for the month. Start creating your own rituals and learning how to dive deeper into yourself. We also have a feedback form in the show notes of wherever you're listening right now, and you can give us suggestions for what you want to hear or just offer feedback for what you liked about this episode. If you're feeling inclined to do that, we'd like to suggest leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, or Podbean. You can also take a screenshot and tag us on social media, Instagram, or Facebook. Join in the conversation about this podcast on Patreon. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, friends.